to No More Mondays, the podcast that helps you navigate career challenges through the wisdom of professionals who have been at the same crossroads. I'm your host, Angie Callen, and I welcome you to join me each week as I chat with leaders, entrepreneurs, and employees who are here to share their practical, tactical advice and some inspiration on how they arrived at career and life satisfaction. From job searching and career changes to going out on your own, we are breaking down barriers and providing actionable takeaways to help you take charge of your Mondays and ditch those Sunday blues. Welcome to No More Mondays. Hello and welcome to No More Mondays. As always, I am your host, Angie Callen. Do you live stoked or do you live a life that sucks? Kind of a blunt question, but hey, I got you listening, didn't I? If you've tuned into No More Mondays before, you know I am a huge proponent of ditching that concept of mediocrity that we all tend to accept in society today. I am a big fan of designing the life you want to live and finding the career that supports it. So imagine my excitement when I stumbled across Sarah Bettman's LinkedIn profile, which includes the following excerpt in her headline, playing in the space where life and work intersect. We were meant to be besties from the start, so I am excited to get here, get her on the show and chat about this intersection and how we find it. She is a coach. She's a speaker. She will inspire you to change, and she is out there serving a similar mission to help people be more satisfied in their lives and careers. So without further ado, Sarah Bettman, welcome to No More Mondays. Thank you. It's great to be here. And I, I didn't say this in the intro, intro, but Sarah and I also share kind of like the adventure theme in our lives. You know, she's like hiker, outdoors person. Uh, and so when I saw that combined with this whole like live stoked thing, I was like, OK, we have to talk. Yeah. Well, and I grew up in California. So, you know, that's what we say. Stoked. On the East Coast, you all say wicked. <laughs> and so it's the same sentiment. Right. <laughs> you know, I used to live in Boston. And so I still say wicked sometimes. And people look at me kind of funny. Uh, but I yeah. never put together the correlation that Wicked is stoked and stoked is Wicked. Yeah. I love it. So, hey, we can, we're going to help you live a Wicked wicked stoked life here today. How's that, Sarah? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, and I've got a surprise for all of you out there and a little bit uh, on Sarah because she's willing to be my guinea pig. And we're changing it up here at No More Mondays, everybody. Don't worry. We are still bringing you the same amazing stories, content, and advice on how to improve your life and career. However, we're going to do it in a little bit of a shorter, more succinct, and jam-packed half-hour episode that gives you more value in less time. So here's how it's going to work and what you can expect from No More Mondays going forward. 30 minutes, three questions, three takeaways. Y'all know how much I love the rule of three. I'm bringing it to No More Mondays. So Sarah, you ready to be my guinea pig? Uh, yeah, I'm terrified she of the 30 have a minute She everybody. <laughs> no, I'm ready. Okay. Let, when let's I do say this. 30 minute episode, if this is less than 40, I will be shocked. And that is mostly because I can't do anything in a half an hour. But let's jump in and do it. Let's do it. We're game. She has no choice, right? So she's like, I'm terrified, but you didn't give me an option. Thanks, Angie. I am never coming back. <laughs> I'm totally coming back. It's awesome. Okay, awesome. I love that in three minutes, we've already established that rapport. So uh, I want to know, speaking of rapport and you and I sharing this perspective, I want to know how you came to this conclusion that we need to integrate life and work. What's going on out there? What's the problem? How did you identify this need? Sure. Well, for a score and seven years ago, totally kidding. Um, I burned out body, mind, and spirit 
20 years ago. I was living a life, I, I frankly, I woke up in the wrong life. And part of my journey through that burnout was having to look at everything. And I got, I unwound everything. I got divorced. I sold my house, changed careers from being a firefighter paramedic um, to not knowing what the hell I was going to do. But what became clear is that work was such a big part of my burnout story and a big part of my healing story. Because for me, my career is meaningful. My my values are authenticity and integrity, and those needed to align. I couldn't just work a J-O-B job to make money. Um, and I know people do that because their passions are done in, you know, nonprofit or community service or what. I just don't happen to be one of them. So then fast forward, I was working with a large health system here in California and I came across the X model of engagement by Blessing White. And what I loved about it is it talked about how the organizations have a path and individuals have a path. And for those of you who aren't watching, I'm putting my arms in a big cross and where they intersect is the job. And that highly engaged people are people who are living out their best lives on behalf of the organization accomplishing their goals. And we get into the job for a number of reasons. So the live stoked of the side of the equation is we need to figure out what we want and what we want to get out of the job, how we're going to grow and, and be authentic in that, not, you know, following a role or following an identity. And, um, and, and like I say, anyone who doesn't believe in climate change probably shouldn't work for Patagonia, right? You could probably make up some things about what it would be like to work at pa Patagonia. So as an individual, it, it would be out of integrity or it wouldn't make sense for an individual to go work at Patagonia if they didn't believe in climate change. That would always, they would always feel dissonance. It would suck. Conversely, though, organizations need to be in integrity, meaning they have to be, when that person comes inside, they're experiencing what the company said they were. So again, I can make up some things about Patagonia and I'm quite sure I'll walk in there and I will experience it and it won't be a bait and switch situation. So for me, it's both sides. And then as leaders, in order to lead stoked, you really need to be in integrity in the sense of what you're saying, what you're doing as a leader is authentic and helping others live their best lives, knowing they're visiting your organization, contributing, but also living out their own life and dreams. You hit on, okay, so first of all, Sarah, Patagonia is my poster child for like values alignment. And that is the, the nail, that, that is the head of the nail that you hit, is this idea of knowing your values and finding alignment in your employment or in your career. That has been a common theme that has come up on No More Mondays uh, so much when I've talked to people who who might be working, right? I've talked to tons of entrepreneurs because it's a little easier to, to create a life stoked if you're defining all parts of it. Right. But people who have found satisfying alignment really come back to that kind of values piece. And I think it's so interesting for you that integrity is one of them and how critical it is to remain within that, you know, as a value and in in the values piece. And you brought up a really interesting part about how you can trickle that down through a leadership component, right? And teach the people that you have influence over to do something similar. And if you're in an environment that supports that kind of alignment, they're going to have the ability to find that authenticity, authenticity for themselves as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, the, the bottom line is it, we've worked in, if you've worked in large corporations, you know the leaders. 
no one's going to get above me. No one's going to, you know, outshine me. And it sucks, right? Versus the greatest leaders we talk about, see their whole team, understand what the individuals want and catapult them to wherever they want to go, even if it's above them in the organization. But what that requires is a certain level of authenticity and comfort in themselves that it's not a competition. Because when, when we feel scarce, a lot of bad behaviors come, but when we're stoked yes. and, and, and I want to be clear, stoked is not like having an epic ski day or I did something awesome, even though there's awesomeness in my life, it is a certain grounded contentment. Like, hell yeah, this is life is good, right? Even if it's very simple. And so when you're from that grounded place, we're more generous, we're more kind, we're more curious about the people we engage with in their lives and what they want to accomplish. So you can't do one with the other without the other. I, the fact that you highlight the fact that we're not talking about perfection. Stoked does not mean your life is perfect because there is no such thing. Don't strive no. for it. You'll exhaust yourself into burnout just by by striving for that. Exactly. But this idea of like, I'm going to call it the flow state. And this leads perfectly into kind of like topic number two. And you alluded to this. I love that because you can see inklings of it, right? And how we're going about life because we have the space to, because we're kind of in in a flow state, it's contentment. And that can look different for everybody else. For me, contentment is the epic ski day I'm going to have tomorrow because it is dumping snow here right now, everyone. So I hate I love that I hate you opened the door to that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah's in California where it either snows a ton or rains. Uh, you don't get one or the other. And the snow only comes about once every 10 years. But uh, so talk to me about this flow. And I would love for you to even go a little personal and talk about how you started realizing you were in that flow state. Like, what are we, what are we striving for if we, if we want to find that, that contentment and that stoked kind of ecosystem? Yeah. So I, um, now this is where I won't get invited back. Um, I don't actually believe in the concept of flow state, um, as a thing for people to strive for, because I think there's a lot of pre-work and I had a friend once said, told me, Sarah, you're like the warm-up band to all personal development. Like there's work you have to do before you even can look for flow state. So the first is just to know, um, I have a course that I teach manage energy, not time. And uh, everyone, their cousin is now talking about manage energy, not time. I know it, but my approach is different in that we have to find the moments where we feel content. So I happen to have the sun coming out in the window. It's coming through the trees it's beautiful and I need to take that in. And what we're doing is observing what we feel. Is there a color associated? So for me, I remember when I was burnt out, it was the little things that really contributed to my burned out, burnout or contributed to my healing. So I remember I was um, um, essentially on disability with a back injury from being a paramedic, had no idea who I was, what I was doing. I had basically woken up in the wrong life. And I was burnt out body, mind, and spirit. And the everything from my environment to my marriage to everything either added or subtracted from my well-being. And I became acutely aware that it was the little things. And there was a coaching day where I was talking to my coach and um, she had we were talking about me and I just felt like a fraud. And I'm like, oh my God, if anyone knows, I totally game the system. Everyone it's going to be angry. I'm going to lose everyone. I was crying. And I said to her, like, can any of this be good? And like a great coach that she was, she said, no, it can only be, uh, it can only be good. Wait, am I getting this right? Can any of this be good? And she, she said, yes, it can only be good and hung up on me. And 
I went, you know, two in the afternoon, I crawl into bed, I'm depressed, I'm crying. And all of a sudden I got this vision of a little girl running in the field. And I was like, oh, son of a bitch, that's me, right? It evoked something in me that I knew was me when I'm at my core and at my best. And that became something, a little thread to hang on to that I could build on. And I realized, okay, there's certain songs I listen to. There's certain things that I do. And it was a slow process. So, you know, kind of your answer to the question of flow, it first started with some observation and awareness of what filled my tank and what drained my tank in micro moments. Mm-hmm. So it's funny that you, uh, you're like, I don't like flow state cause it's never a term I use. It kind of falls into the woo woo category that I, is very much not me, but for some reason in my, in my head, it was like the, I like the, I like the contentment much better because the idea of flow state is a little bit of a misnomer because that, that tells you that like everything is always fine, but that's, that's not the case. You're always going to have something that you're working on. Right. Yeah. But, but if at the foundation, you're, you're content, that means that we've kind of hit the, hit the stoked button. And, and the flip side of that is if it's, if nothing is going right, or like you said, there's these inklings in every little part of life that something is wrong, that can wake you up to the fact that you are definitely not content and not in the flow state, even if it does exist. Yeah. And I think my issue with it is that people strive for flow and almost in striving, they miss flow where it's a a retrospective of these are the things that put like when I read a good book or a great ski day, like a powder day, one of those runs, like being like, okay, then that's what creates flow for me. Then I need to do more of that than for someone to not understand what flow is and go try to seek it. I think it's it yes. become it, it, it's like two um, magnets. You just keep missing it. Versus, let me think about what flow means to me, what it feels like, and where do I get it most. And it might be just sitting with your child. It might be on a run. It might be reading. Who knows? But I think we need to start with ourselves, and then cultivate flow from there. And the the big point I want to make there is that you define it. Yeah, and absolutely. Not there isn't like, and I think that you're a hundred percent right in that. If we're trying trying to achieve flow, we're probably going to miss it because we're trying too hard. Exactly. Or we're trying in the wrong way and trying to hit somebody else's definition of flow or contentment or society's definition of of flow and contentment. And I love that you gave us the story about that vision of when you were a happy child, because one of the things I talk to people about when we're trying to figure out where they go in their career is I'll ask them. What do you want to be when you were a little kid? Because we are so less inhibited as children because we haven't been influenced that you can actually learn a lot by reflecting on some of the tendencies or affinities that you had as a child or those moments that made you happy. And then you have a chance to recreate that as an adult so that you're tapping into that stuff that does bring satisfaction and contentment. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, it was just enough for me to then work towards, right? It was just a simple visualization that that became an anchor for me that brought me out two years out of my burnout and, and onto a fundamentally new path and new life. And I think it can be that simple, right? Mm-hmm. And that goes back to your, that idea of like, if we strive too hard to hit flow, we're probably going to miss it because a lot of times it's much it's much simpler than we want to make it. Uh, we just miss those things because we're looking at we're looking like way, way, way too high instead of kind of fundamental, uh, which is the perfect time to kind of hit part three, which is how how do we get to that stoked 
state. Let's call it a stoked state, not a flow state. <laughs> how, how do we get to uh, the balance is one word people use, whatever we want to call it. If you know you're either burnt out or at a place where just things aren't aligned, what are some of the practical things uh, everybody out there can do to begin aligning life and, and career, right? So get rid of everybody. Here comes your three takeaways in yeah. this like new format to No More Mondays. Uh, but what are three things that we can do to find that intersection between our life and career and play in that space? Yeah. And I want to differentiate two things and then I'll tell you the three things. One is our current state. Like if we're overwhelmed, tired, burned out, that's where I'm going to speak on because I think that's more meaningful. But living stoked is living life on our terms. So it sometimes is bigger and aspirational and it's not always easy. So you, you might make a change that is towards your stoked life that is really hard and scary. And so I'm not going to give action to that because that's so high level and it sometimes doesn't create action. But I want to differentiate that. I love that stoke state is the, the place we strive for while also achieving and maybe leaving a job that doesn't work for us to do that thing that we've always dreamed of. That's a different conversation. Um, so just to I agree with that, by the way. I agree with that. I, ironically, literally today, this post on LinkedIn was if you want change, you're going to have to make a change. Yeah. Because the comfort zone does not lend itself to things aren't working, <laughs> want to make it work. Well, then you're probably going to have to get uncomfortable. But a lot of that stuff is 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 big and hairy. And so I like this idea of the of the tips around the current state and how to evaluate and like small things. So you and I are jiving. Good, um, good. Because I think all right, I, so let's get into it. Let's get into it. So the number one is just so I teach a class I mentioned manage energy, not time. And the first step is uh, identifying when your tank is full. And I call it green, right? Imagine a you know, a, a gas tank. We have water tanks on the hill in California and it's full. And you are at full capacity. This is not you're stoked. You have full capacity, you have energy, you can manage your life. What does that feel like, right? And it can be calm. It could be, for me, I feel in my chest. I've had clients talk about it. it's a lack of feeling because I don't feel the weight of everything. So how you find that is think about a time when you've um, just been doing something and time just flew by and you just never noticed it. Funny, that's flow state, right? But just go back and when you felt that. And free write. So I talk about the five-minute free write and just free write what that experience was like. What were you doing? More importantly, how did you feel? So I mentioned in my chest, some people feel it in the head, some people feel it in their belly. The importance of how it feels is that leads to the second step. Start walking around with a piece of paper. And I, I don't take credit for this one at all. My dear friend, Melissa, gave me this one. And write down what fills your tank and what drains your tank. So that feeling of, of, of green, you start to have that as your barometer. And so my little girl evoked that feeling. And that's what's key. It's not a sense of satisfaction is what evokes a feeling. So for me, it could be as simple as sniffing a baby's head, like I love when my niece and nephew were little or my cats or a dog, right? Um, being the first smell when it rains. I love the smell when it's crisp and cold. But it's letting that be influenced and create a list of what fills your tank and what drains your tank. So then the, so you want to do more of what fills your tank and it's micro moments, right? Here in California, we have five words for precipitation. So, you know, if you've ever gone out in California when it's foggy, you can get really, really wet, even though it's just really small particles. So the idea is this micro moments. It's not big. It's just use, use a scent you love in the shower, wake up to music you love, have beautiful things in your home, all of it that evokes that stoke state. So the third piece is then managing your drains. 
So managing your drains is looking at the things that drain your tank and try to make them go away. And one of the things I talk about is that simply just do it, get it done. So if it's these tasks that wake you up at two o'clock in the morning or for me when I'm driving and I can't do it, even though I'm tempted to almost crash my car and try to get it done, but it just drains, that micro moment drains my tank. So just do it, delegate things and, um, or just dump it. Cause I think you talk about this a lot. We take on these ideas of roles and identities and then take on all the work we're supposed to do or the things we're supposed to do for that role. And when we look at it, it's like, I don't really freaking want to do that. Then dump it. Let it go. If it's important, it will come back. So those are my three big steps. Uh, kind of the foundation. I just taught this yesterday, so it's fresh in my mind of the course Manage Energy, Not Time. I love it. I have a couple follow-up questions because like you're all laughing when I say I'm only going to ask three questions, right? It's three big <laughs> questions with lots of mini questions in it. And I think some people are out there are probably asking the question, what do you what do you do if you can't ditch a drain? For instance, a family member or I, I this to me probably overlaps a lot of personal things yep. that are a lot easy, a lot harder to delegate or ditch. You know, that's a huge pr- component that you can exercise in your work or business because y'all are entre- if any of your entre- entrepreneurs out there let go of the clenched fist and start letting other people do things for you cuz that's why that's why entrepreneurs get burnout but it you know it, there is a component of like a, some personal stuff that you can't just wipe off your slate so what do you do about those situations or those elements that you may realize are a depleter yeah and that's great cuz i differentiate them in my course and in my book the drips are things you can make go away they're the things you can turn off change throw away, whatever. The drains are those bigger things, whether it's health issues, relationships, um, you know, just reality, socioeconomically, environmentally, they are the big things that you can't change. So the first is reframing and not in the toxic positivity way, but in such a way that doesn't further train, drain your tank. So the reality is I'll, I'll be frank and honest. I live with my brother right now because we just moved from Michigan. We took a big risk that didn't necessarily play out the way we wanted. My brother's letting me live with him until we find our next house. And it's a drain. In It's really great in a lot of ways, but it's we live in a small space. Half our stuff is in storage. We'd love to go skiing this weekend, but our like to go get our stuff feels exhausting. But reframing it is, what a great opportunity to be with my brother. It is what it is, right? We, we, we fortunately now I can say found it, hopefully found a house, fingers crossed, um, that we'll move into, but the reality it's hard. We made a transition from a different state and reframing it is this is pretty, this, this is good. We make it work for what it is and we appreciate the moments, but then we also take care of ourselves. So we'll go into our little house cause we're in a, in a back house and, and just, reframe it in this gives us the opportunity to live our most stoked life, which is entrepreneurship for both of us. The second is to, um, oh, now you're going to, I was totally in my own flow on my course. Um, I don't remember what my things are. So your listeners now I was going to change your lives and now they're going to be so disappointed. It's okay. We'll change their lives in a minute. Oh, I know what it is. Focus on, on, on filling the tank. So the first is mitigate the impact and drain your tank. So po- toxic positivity is about, in my mind, shifting how you think about it, where sometimes it just sucks, right? It just sucks. It is not awesome. Like, um, and, but 
you can reduce how much it drains your tank and, and, and drains your energy. The next is to focus on rainmaking, fill that tank. So even when my mom had cancer many years ago, I focused on still walking, getting out and, and breathing fresh air, eating well and taking care of myself. So as my tank drained, it wasn't taking me to bottom into burnout. So those are the two things that I think are really key because the reality is some of this stuff, like, like life is life. Living stoked is not about not having difficulties and complexity in your life. It's, it's, I don't even want to say make the most of it because that stinks a little of the toxic positivity. It's my well be. I need to stay well and take care of me be, while this is happening. And, and, Part of it is grace. That's the final thing is have some grace about it and grace for yourself. And you're not going to show up perfect. My husband and I nip at each other because we're in a very close space and don't necessarily have our routines. But we know that and we are conscious that we come together in the evening, you know, say goodnight and reconnect, even though sometimes it can get a little bumpy because we know it's a short term thing and we know it's helping us fulfill our life stream and we appreciate it. Well, and there's a couple things there I appreciate. I, I'm glad you came back to the toxic pos- positivity piece because I wanted to do that. And uh, I think it's important to, you You can't just put blinders on and fake yourself out that everything is all hunky-dory when it isn't, because that goes back to the very beginning of our conversation of the fact that living stoked does not mean living perfect because there is no such thing. Right. And if you try to take all challenges and just apply toxic positivity to it, you're in denial. Yeah. However, I think that do we use the cliche term silver lining uh, here that like even though things aren't going well, you can still find an element of good within it. Uh, One of my guests a while ago, his name is Michael. He he frames it as instead of looking at why is this happening to me? How is this happening for me? So in your situation, getting to spend time with your brother is why one of these elements is happening for you versus the why are we homeless right now happening to me, right? right? So it's you can reframe it and it doesn't mean you're in denial that every, that anything is, is not perfect, but it is finding the bits and pieces that, that can pull you through and maybe refill at the same rate the drip is taking right. out. So at least your energy is being maintained in a consistent uh, level versus fill drain, fill drain, fill drain. Because <laughs> yeah. holy cow, that roller coaster is exhausting. That's exhausting, and, and I think I, I, I love what what he, Michael said, and and that's part of it. For some, that is the version. I think for me, what was important at some point in my life, I learned if I'm not happy, it's on me. Like I did contribute to my yes. situation uh, when I've made like that burnout, body, mind, and spirit. Um, when I got it myself into a not awesome relationship, when I ended up broke, like like being able to understand my contribution is a really important part of my journey. Yeah. What's different this time is we made the choice to be here, and we made choices that led us to be here. So when I get scared, just like entrepreneurship, it's like just keep going. You chose this, right? It's hard, it's scary, you chose it. So for me, that's my version of it. And whether it's it's that or, you know, what I'm trying to be for others, it can be civil silver lining. I don't necessarily want to define it because the core is my own personal journey. And the other thing that I learned for myself that was really crux that leads me to be able to talk about here is I, I don't know if this came from my paramedic fire days, but like I had took pride in rising up, be the Phoenix from the flame. 
And so surviving, whether it was a bad shift or a bad life or a bad marriage, whatever. And there came a point after ending that not so awesome relationship that I was like, oh, if I have, if my value and my worth is being the phoenix rising from the flame, then I have to keep creating drama for me to rise up from. And I'm like, oh shit, (laughs) right? Like, like now my contributions to my situation actually were seen as a pattern that were perpetuating my worth. And I I was like, oh, son of a bitch, no way. We're not going to do this anymore. And I'd been coached. I'd done my work. And really where I took it is I'm going to reap what I've sowed. And so now when I get in situation, it really is, you chose, you're choosing this because if you don't like it, get out. So if you don't like entrepreneurship, when it gets scary, then just don't, don't do it. And then that's like, duh, Sarah, you're not, I'm not going to go get a job. Though I will not lie. I have looked for jobs when I get scared, but then I get the chest pain. I'm like, nope, I got to keep going. I got to keep through it going through this and what has since come is I'm going to be so proud when I figure this out because right now it feels magical. It feels scary. And I'm speaking as someone who's been successful in the last two and a half years as an entrepreneur, but I'm still a chicken shit and scared to death that it like was just magical woo woo stuff and I can't replicate it. Well, that's just bullshit. If I look back, I know what I need to do and I just need to do it. And I'm sorry, I don't know if I wasn't supposed to swear. (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to make you feel a lot better because what I you you and I have a whole lot of similar inner monologues, Sarah. And what uh, you just described is what I affectionately call the entrepreneurial mindfuck. Oh, I love and it. You will never get rid of it in your business because there are always that there's always that imposter syndrome. You figure out how to cope with it. There's always challenges. You figure out how to how to overcome them. And what it comes down to really, in my mind, goes back to this framework for figuring out how to manage your energy, which is. Control what you can control and do what you can within that whole little ecosystem to find some sort of consistent baseline. Because if you are on the, where's my next paycheck coming from? Oh my gosh, I haven't gotten a client. Why the hell am I doing this? I suck. Who am I to be out there coaching executives making $500,000 a year? You're going to get off the train and probably do the thing that gives you heart palpitations because it's a reaction. However, if you follow Sarah's tips to manage your energy. And the big one I want to make sure you all do is walk around with the damn piece of paper because that's how you will recognize the Phoenix Rising pattern that you need to break that will help you progress forward. Yeah. How amazing is that? As a, I love that you were vulnerable and shared all that, by the way, because I think that there's a really, a, a much more personal component to how we apply that and what can come of you know, using a framework like this, that's even more than just, you know, how to manage the annoying family member that drains you. It's its much bigger than that. And larger realizations can come that from a systemic perspective, push you towards that stoke just because now you're aware of yourself. Yep. And I chose it, right? And that power to be able to say, I chose this also means I can leave. And uh, there's a quote I used to have on my office door when I was an internal corporate coach and said, hint, the cage door isn't locked. And uh, for my, I don't even have a response to that. It's so I am pervert. a very <laughs> big believer. Eric Nurlick giving you a uh, giving you a shout out that you have a choice and you make choices. And a lot of people don't want to be accountable to the choices they've made and where in life it has put them. However, if you're willing to recognize those, be aware of them, and like we talked about, pick up on the patterns. Now you can change the choices you make in order to get yourself further along your roadmap towards your goals, towards the life of Stoke, towards the wicked, whatever you want to call it. 
But you have to be honest with yourself, which I think is a lot of, of, of what we're talking about. And also, I just have to tell us, Sarah, we have done an amazing job hitting my 30-ish minute target. And holy cow, did we give everybody a lot of wisdom in 30 freaking minutes. I'm pretty proud of us. I'm proud of us, too. <laughs> you should see how relieved Sarah looks, everybody. But we're not quite done because you have way more wisdom to give. I want it also. I want you to tell everybody out there how they find you. How do they tap into all of the offerings that you have? I know there's a book. A little bird told me there's a podcast coming. How do we find you? Where does everybody track you down? The easiest way is either sarahbetman.com, and that'll point you to the corporate side or the Livestoke side. There's livestoke.com, and that'll point you to this, this quality of life and this way of living. And yes, I have launched a podcast because I was tired of t thinking about it and despite being scared to death, but being inspired by people such as yourself, uh, Live Stoked, Lead Stoked has been launched and it's a neophyte podcast, but where we explore work and life and that intersection, um, and how to be stoked. And then for leaders, how to create organizations that are integrity that create stoked employees. And, and just a little quick thing to add for me, wicked, stoked, whatever, it just evokes something different. Do you want engaged employees or stoked employees? Do you want to be happy about your choice or stoked? So that's our theme for the podcast. And uh, it's pretty exciting to be able to share these stories that I haven't usually been able to share. I can't wait to listen. And it makes me want to have Sarah Bettman 2.0, where we we talk about lead stoked, because this was very much about live stoked. And uh, it's always really, you know, I really enjoy having these conversations with people who have figured that out and, and figured out how to play at that intersection of life and career. This was really special because I think you and I have similar drivers in what that looks like. And our, our, our stoked pictures have a lot of commonality, which just always makes this uh, so much more fun. And I am so glad you were willing to be the guinea pig of my, you know, triple threat framework, because I think it really brought out the awesome in us. And I appreciate you. And this has been just an amazing conversation. I feel inspired. I, everybody, just so y'all know, I am going to do the little written down thing. So there you go. Even I take some of the advice that comes out on No More Mondays. And, uh, and I'm going to go live stoked and ski tomorrow and a bunch of powder. So there you go. It's all coming together. Sarah Bettman, everybody. Go find her at nomoremondays.info. We have all the links to everything she just mentioned. And support her as she becomes a podcaster. That's amazing. <laughs> Welcome to the community of podcasters. The network you will build through podcasting is one of the best things about podcasting. That's just between you and me. So I am so glad you joined us. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. And I hope everybody out there will tune into uh, Sarah's new podcast, Live Stoked, Lead Stoked. Uh, head on over to nomoremondays.info and grab the show notes and links from today. Leave us some five-star ratings, everybody. It's a super big help to podcasters like Sarah and I. And once again, Sarah Bettman, thank you for being part of the No More Mondays community. Thank you so much for having me. It was totally fun. This is super fun. And everybody, I will uh, be coming at you next week with another edition of the new and improved no more Mondays podcast. Uh, tune in on Wednesday for the next drop. And until then, have a great week. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No More Mondays. Tune in next week as we bring you more insights and actions to help you improve your life and career. Don't forget, visit us online at nomoremondays.info to get all the details, show notes, and recommendation from this episode. No More Mondays. We drop new episodes every Wednesday. 
No More Mondays is brought to you by CareerBenders, Inc. in partnership with executive producer Jane Durkee. For more information about career coaching, resume writing, personal branding, recruiting, and entrepreneurship coaching services, visit us online at careerbenders.com.